We are here. It's the place to be. Because remember, Rat, wherever you are, it's oh. the place to be. Wow. Thanks, yeah. Timon. <laughs> yes. Do you got those Earth, Wind, and Fire tickets I wanted? <laughs> oh, it was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got your tickets. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> I waited in line for three weeks for the Earth, Wind, and yeah. Fire tickets. A little Fast Times of Ridgemont High reference sure. to start us off. Why not? That's my skull. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's uh, Wednesday. We'll have the answer to Tuesday Night Trivia coming up in just a few minutes. But first, a look at Gigo News brought to you by Cooper and Binkley Jewelers. What's making headlines on this Wednesday morning? All right. Thank you. Uh, here's what's going on. Despite being labeled as a budget meeting, the public comments of Follyville Community Schools Board Meeting on Tuesday dealt primarily with two non-financial issues, dress codes and the Performing Arts Department. The debate over dress code policy arose after an announcement was made at Fowlerville Junior High reminding students there was, in fact, a dress code in place and informing them it would be enforced. A group of middle school students brought the issue to the forefront, citing the rigidity and bias, as they see it, of the current dress code. One seventh grader said while the majority of rules were ultimately fair, some were targeted based on gender. Boys, she pointed out, did not come under scrutiny due to the length of their shorts like girls did. Students and parents alike were quick to say the issue was not necessarily the code itself, but the manner in which it was executed. One mother reported children were paraded through the school as teachers gathered groups of students to be taken to the library where staff physically measured the length of skirts and shorts with rulers. Another parent was quick to note that the lengthy and rigorous inspections were more distracting than the dress code itself. The theme of overreaching led to another topic of debate last night, school plays and musicals. Controversy arose in the district in response to Fowlerville High School's spring production of She Kills Monsters, a play that features themes of grief, coping, and self-discovery, although some community members were reportedly upset by the fact the play also features a lesbian protagonist. Elaine Clapp, a Fowlerville parent, said there had been misinformation about what the play did or did not feature, and that students and staff who took part in the production had been subjected to targeted slander and demoralizing actions, including from individuals who, she said, held leadership roles, although she did not not name anyone specifically. The board, however, unanimously voted to implement an approval process in which all plays and musicals have to be presented to the curriculum committee for screening prior to licensing or purchasing scripts as compared to simply being approved by the school's principal. One of the candidates seeking a nomination to represent a portion of Livingston County has been dropped from the August primary ballot. The Michigan Department of State Tuesday issued letters to 15 candidates they said will be disqualified from the August 2nd primary election ballot because of defects on their affidavit of identity. Included on that list 
list is Chase Turner of Northville. Turner had been seeking the GOP nomination for the 49th State House District that includes Green Oak and Brighton Townships, as well as the city of Brighton and Livingston County, along with a slice of western Oakland County. The Secretary of State says Turner was disqualified because of false statements regarding his compliance with the Michigan Campaign Finance Act, although no details were provided. The only other Republican in that race is current 42nd District State Representative Ann Bolin of Brighton Township. As it stands now, Bolin and Brighton Township photographer Christina Kafkakis will face off for that seat in November. Kafkakis is the lone Democrat running for that spot. A collaborative community uh, meal program, meanwhile, in Livingston County is returning again this summer. The Salvation Army of Livingston County Summer Lunch Bunch Meal Program returns next month as schools around Livingston County let out for the summer, leaving many students who receive free and reduced meals during the school year to struggle. Kids who participate in the Summer Lunch Bunch not only get a nutritious meal, but they can participate in activities and events set up in each location. At the end, they'll get sent home with a box of pantry food with enough food to provide them lunches and possibly even some dinners for the rest of the week. Nicole Moore, Development Director for the Salvation Army of Livingston County, said this year the Summer Lunch Bunch will be meeting in a congregate setting and meals have to be eaten on site. Registration is not required for the overall program, although it will be needed for specific educational and entertainment events that are happening during Summer Lunch Bunch. And you can find more details at MikeAndJohnPodcast.com. And that's what's happening. And news brought to you by Cooper and Binkley Jewelers in downtown Brighton, Brighton's preeminent jewelry store with a commitment to not only customer service, but community involvement, honesty, professionalism, and of course, exquisite merchandise. And right now, they've got their estate buying specialists on hand. It's like Cooper and Binkley's own um, antique roadshow. There you go. Stuff you can buy or sell. At uh, If you've got old jewelry, things like that. And it's not just jewelry. Some of the things that uh, you can take in and get uh, appraised. Stuff from Tiffany, Cartier, DY, any age, any style. They'll check that out. Broken or damaged. Coins, too. Get out your coin. I wonder if they'll give you anything for the thin tin. Um, Greenfield Village money? No. Probably not. <laughs> Flip me a quarter and go, bullion the bars. Road. You got any gold bars or silver coins sitting around? Nothing going to tell you about. Bullion bars. Not bullion cubes. Uh, old paper money, as we said, coin collections, uh, all diamonds, loose or mounted. You can take those into Cooper and Binkley Jewelers and uh, get them appraised. And who knows, they may buy them back from you, or you could have it reset in something new. Find out more at cooperbinkleyjewelers.com. Downtown Brighton. Yes. Main Street. Yes. So you were talking in news about uh, school dress codes. Do yeah. you remember dress codes in school? You know, I don't. No. I really don't know I, that that was an issue. The, the I only went to school I... so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> there, every now and then, like, and when I went to Catholic Central, there was there was dress code. I had to have a collared shirt and no dungarees. Okay, that's what they called them. No Blue dungarees. Jeans. That's, what, that's okay. what the disciplinarian. We had a disciplinarian. And he was very strict about dungarees. Uh, dungarees. So that would rep, uh, come close to denim. <laughs> we would have none of that. Mm. Uh, so yeah, we, I don't remember the devils in the denim. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but do you? I remember kids, and probably myself included, like wearing a Budweiser shirt to right. high school. Oh, God, yeah. That's and, what I mean. There were, it didn't seem to be any standards. It didn't think that it was an issue. Yeah. You know, it, maybe today it would. I, you know, I don't know. I'm well, sure it would, probably. I would say it, it, it makes sense to me, or I think logic dictates. I think a lot of these dress codes are unfairly biased against women and girls. Well, sometimes they seem there to be more about a distraction. You know, enforcing. Well, that's the thing, though. They, oh, girls have to cover up because they're a distraction to boys. But I'm like, okay, so for instance, like the length of a shirt or, or I mean a skirt or shorts, 
that only seems to be applied to women, not to boys. Well, were you wearing and short shorts in the school? I, I went I to school in been. the 70s and 80s, so... Those were you know, the style. I, I certainly it. wasn't. <laughs> I think my own peers would have like, go home. <laughs> Dear God, cover up. Well, you had your socks up to your knees and your shorts just barely below your your stuff. (laughs) So, you know, it's it's interesting. Different eras had different, you know, whatevers. But uh, it does seem to me, I mean, that report, uh, which was, by the uh, the way, brought to us by our, our intern, Leah Craig, who went to last night's meeting. I mean, I think it. the point, though, that some the parents are making, which is, the enforcement of the code itself is more of a distraction than any of these violations might have been. When you're parading kids and they have to come to the media center and you've got, you know, people that are measuring things, I'm like, is th- what is this, Footloose? I mean, what is going on around here? Dear God. Well, then you got to question who the person is with the measuring well, tape. Right. Because right. do you trust that person? Ooh, let me do it. And, uh, <laughs> back down, all right? Well, you know, we might have some free time. Yeah, we can no, no, we can't. Easy. No, we can't. All right. Our parents would not approve of that. <laughs> all right, it's time for, uh, since we're talking schools, our teacher of the day today for That's right. Community Spotlight. Brought to you by Jordan Genso with the Genso team at REMAX Platinum as a community-focused real estate agent. Jordan, once again, spending the month of May doing what he has dubbed Main Street May. Each day he's using his Facebook page to highlight a different business on Main Street in Brighton, encouraging everyone to take a moment to support the businesses that build our community. People who interact with his posts have a chance to win a $10 gift card to that business, and you can find it on Facebook, Jordan Genso, Community Servant, Community Realtor, and that's your chance to win a gift card. All right. Who are we talking to? Well, hopefully. I don't know. I'm just dialing a number hoping yeah. somebody answers. Right, nice. No, it's Caitlin Kroll, All right, Caitlin who's Kroll. a teacher at we, uh, and we did, Northwest Elementary. We pre-dialed yesterday. To make sure everything's going to be good today. <laughs> Go ahead and explain right, that. We'll see if she answers hopefully, today after we talked to her yesterday. things work out today. Hello. Good morning, Kaylin. It's Mike and John, and Mike and John got it going on. We are excited to talk to you today. John is so excited he's almost flying out of his oh, chair. It's amazing. <laughs> good morning. How's things in Northwest good Elementary? How are you? Good. So you are the lower RRT, LRR teacher. What's that? I- I am. I'm the resource room teacher. Um, that's a like a special ed teacher. Okay. So yeah. So I, yeah. Go ahead. I I'm sorry. I help out a variety of um, kids with uh, different disabilities, and I kind of support them within the classroom, and I pull them out um, and help them with um, you know different skills. Um, in the lower L, I deal with mostly kids with different behavior, social, emotional things. Um, so if you're talking like things like autism and, and things of that nature? Yeah. yeah. Yep, so um, we're kind of seeing nowadays um, there's a, a higher number of children that are coming to us with that autism eligibility, but um, I do have other students that have, um, you know, eligibilities like uh, speech and language or... Um, emotional impairment, so I, I kind of work with a variety of students. So that's a challenging job when you've got different students with different needs, and you've yeah. kind of got to fill where needed for each of those individual students. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely, I, I think that's part of my love for the job um, that each child kind of comes with, which, I mean, you, you kind of get that in the gen ed classroom as well. They kind of come with their own set of needs but they also come with their own set of strengths too um and it kind of makes every day interesting 
exciting and challenging, and um, no two days are the same. So and you're not, you're not in it for the you love it. Yeah, you're not in it for the big paycheck. Then is what I'm getting. No. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think so? You do have to have a love for this job, a, a real passion for yeah. it. So I mean, like, even, absolutely. Even more so than just a general education teacher. What made you take this uh, this avenue? So my mom um, is also a special education teacher. Um, she is a middle school teacher, uh, a resource room teacher as well. And uh, so I kind of, starting at a very young age, went to, like, the take your daughter to work day um, and kind of got a – I always knew I wanted to be a teacher starting very young, um, you know, like elementary school. I had a intern from Michigan State that uh, – she kind of, she was absolutely phenomenal, and I was like, I want to be a teacher, and I want to go to Michigan State because she was so good, and um, I would play teacher and that kind of thing. Then when I worked, I went to school with my mom, knew I wanted to be special ed, and then I volunteered at a center called Friendship Circle in West Bloomfield mm-hmm. um, one summer, and I that's a one-on-one um, program that kind of works with special needs kids. Um, it, it's a super cool center. If you haven't gotten a chance to kind of check it out, they offer a variety of programs for students with special needs to kind of social skills. Um, they have a little town downstairs that kind of mimics what uh, a real town would look like to teach those skills. Uh, and I, I volunteered the majority of my summer there, and I was like, this is absolutely what I want to do. Um, and after I, there was one little girl in particular that I was with the majority of the summer, and her and I still kind of keep in touch. And she um, has cerebral palsy. And I, I don't work necessarily with students that have cerebral palsy, but she was just such a joy and um she kind of absolutely took me down the kind of special ed path um and she talked a lot to me about you know obviously you can tell from the outside her disability but um a lot of times you can't always see that from the outside um and i think that's a big big reason and a big push kind of of what I do in my position and a big push of kind of my role of doing autism acceptance week. Um, I wanted to kind of show kids our whole school that, you know, differences you can't always see on the outside. And so you might see somebody doing something and it might be because their brain might work a little differently than ours, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be accepted. It's that, um, you know, we need to be, including and accepting everybody um, just because they might do things a little differently. It's not that they should be excluded. Well, is that, uh, so, is that what kind of drove you to this, uh, the mentoring program that you put together, Stronger Together? Yeah, so that one works um, a little bit um, differently than the autism acceptance. The Stronger Together focuses um, on a little bit of academics and a little bit of, it, it really was whatever kind of the teachers needed. Um, this year I did decide to, uh, the, uh, it's called PBIS position was open and it kind of looks at like our, our whole school's, um, positive behavior, like 
supports that our school provides for all students, not just special ed students. And there was one student that I work with specifically that we kind of paired with a older child who was displaying some things in class that, you know, he was really strong academically, but so he would get his work done quickly, but then would kind of have some behaviors because, um, you know, for unknown reasons, but, um, so we were kind of trying to fill that time to give him like a leadership role. So we paired him with one of my students that was lower academically to do some like flashcards academically. Uh, and it, it was a really cool experience. And he, I never once saw any of those behavior concerns that the teacher was kind of talking about. And he was, he like absolutely shined kind of being in that leadership role of like, he, he really took on, um, took it to heart of like, you know, I'm the leader. He, he was, I heard him overheard him talking to the little student that I work with, um, and was saying, you know, I, I had a buddy when I was your age and he helped me with my letters and, you know, now I, I do really well with that. So, um, kind of seeing how that, how successful that was for both of them. Well, right in the classroom that really he was cool in too. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's giving so them an opportunity I, to sort of step out outside the boundaries that have sort of been imposed on them. Yes. And I think we, we offer a lot of things for, um, you know, there, there's a lot of people kind of keeping an eye on the special ed students and providing those supports. There's a lot of people that, um, you know, we want to make sure that those kids who are, you know, really strong academically have reasons to push them. But sometimes those kids that kind of fall in the middle don't always get those opportunities. So it was another way to kind of help make sure that everybody um, kind of had an opportunity. So I put it out to the entire staff, um, you know, to make sure that nobody was falling through the cracks of getting an opportunity to kind of be, they, if they needed a, a leadership opportunity, if, they, if it was a student that needed some more academic support, you know, getting some more repetitions in an academic area, if they needed support. We had some younger students that were still struggling with, um, you know, that locker routine. They would end up, you know, getting, unpacking their backpack took 20 minutes and that, you know, getting distracted many times. And so teachers were having to go out and check quite often on, you know, are you still, you know, keep going, keep going, many yeah. reminders. So um, kind of just pairing up those students to help with that. And Unfortunately, this this didn't come till the end of the year, so I would love to start it at the beginning of the year next year to kind of um, get it off and running right off the bat because a lot of them, we actually had some first graders paired up with kindergartners, and I was a little nervous with it being younger kids, but some of the kids really uh, stepped up, and I actually heard a really cute story of a first grader that went into a kindergarten classroom and was like, I am here to help you be a successful first grader. So he really he had some bigger, you know, bigger behaviors in class, but he was he really took it to heart. And oh, that's was awesome! Go, so it's kind of, kind of a little mirror image of yourself as a young uh, child as a teacher, kind of taking the lead. I would imagine you know yeah. you were you, like you said you you played teacher and you're giving these kids a chance to do that as well to uh, help out a fellow yeah. student and so. everybody benefits from yeah. that. I mean, every, yeah, that is uh, that's yeah. really awesome. Well, Caitlin, you know you have been selected by your HAA colleagues as uh, the teacher of the day, and it sounds like uh, well deserved. Yeah, congratulations! Thank you so much. <laughs> well, we appreciate you taking time out. Keep up the great work. 
there at Northwest Thank Elementary so School. We appreciate it. Take care. Thank you so much. You're Have a great welcome. day. You too. Yeah, Caitlin uh, Kroll, our, uh, our uh, uh, Teacher of the Week. Absolutely. Teacher of the, week. Teacher of the Day. Well, we'll make her the Teacher of the Week uh, uh, if we want. Well, Because <laughs> we can do that. Well, we can. We can do whatever we want. I'm taking over a mentoring job yeah, oh, yeah. on how to make a Teacher yeah. of the Week. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the first one we talked to. Is who's, the, who's the actual teacher here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't forget. Sorry. Oh, yeah. There we go. I did graduate with my uh, master's degree. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I was way out of line there. How, how did this get here? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> it's not. We'll have sure. we'll have how to put your hat on <laughs> right. class after the show. I'll stop by Camlin's and <laughs> see if you can help me. All right, our community spotlight, uh, of course, brought to you by Jordan Genso with the Genso team at Remax Platinum. Find them on Facebook. Jordan Genso, community servant, community realtor. All yes, right. Sir. Earlier today, before we got started, we uh, we used the new Gigo printer here. Yeah, we did. Gigo Studios, once you know, again. The one thing, and, and this was recommended to us by Dan's PC Solutions, and, yes. and we appreciate the recommendation, but I, I, I kind of have a little beef. <laughs> of course you do. What well, now? John was saying, look, you can hear it printing. Yeah. You could have got a quieter one. And I said, well, I want it to jingle like my, my, my <laughs> wash machine. The printing is done. Yes. Da -da -da -da. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. <laughs> like a dishwasher. Some dishwashers yeah, have that dishwasher as well. has that little tune, Shut too. Up. It's a, it's supposed to make yeah. doing the chores a no, little more joyful. It makes it more so irritating. Like, like printing, it could be yeah. a little more joyful. No, the, our printer just goes. But see, that way you know it's working. Right. Like if you're out of the room, okay, my stuff's printing. It's, it's not a silent printer. No, but, but that's it gets all right. the job done. That's right. John's kind of not a silent that's partner, right. I was say, it's but kind of, gets the job That's kind of how they describe me. He's very loud and <laughs> he gets the job done, but God, is he loud. Yes, he is. But either way, of course, Dan's PC Solutions, uh, one of the supporters here of Mike and John got it going on, and veteran-owned computer repair shop in Howell, run by Dan and Amber McMillan, a husband-wife team providing IT and computer services and support for residents in Livingston County for more than 10 years. You get personal, friendly service. I can attest to that. Many times I've stopped by there, and uh, Dan and Amber are uh, always very friendly. Yes. And, of course, don't forget Zeki. the Shih Tzu. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, you don't have to, but Ziggy, very friendly little Shih Tzu, he will come up and he'll be sniffing you, and uh, just be prepared, and a uh, very cute little dog, but of course, a uh, very friendly environment at Dan's PC Solutions. They're located in the old airport building, the old county airport building on uh, Grand River in Howell. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 to 3, 517-579-0975, that's danspcsolutions.com. They have IT support for small businesses, they have support for your average home user uh, looking for a new PC and you're not quite sure to get recommendations like we got with our printer, Dan's PC Solutions, that's the place to go, danspcsolutions.com. Thank you to Dan. Yeah, absolutely. All right, trivia question. Oh, now you want me to get to the trivia Get question. to the trivia. The oh, my God, we've been waiting. From Tuesday Night Trivia, TNT, yeah. <laughs> according to a recent survey of adults, yes. most of us have had at least one of these, although 22% of American adults have not. What, what have we not had? Well, there were some great guesses. Okay. A new car. A car accident. A speeding ticket. Surgery. Alcoholic beverages. Oh no, God. we're Americans. We drink. I have had all of these so far. <laughs> brain freeze. <laughs> a sibling. Here's the thing about brain freeze. I'm just going to hold you there for a second. Okay. Brain freeze. Here's the, I mean, brain freeze, when you get it, you're like, oh, my God. I hate this. Put your tongue up again. But when the relief hits, oh. you're like, oh, yeah. 
I want to do that again. They can put that in a gummy. <laughs> oh, they do. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, voter's registration card was a good guess. Broke a, ho- uh, broke a bone. Have you ever broken a bone? Yes. I've only broke my nose. I broke my big toe. Broken heart. <laughs> Me and Soldier, uh, Sergeant Hulka. <laughs> a secret crush. Car crash. Dental cavity. Have you brushed your teeth today? Please do. Therefore, you won't get a dental cavity. Yes? A cavity is right. <laughs> That's the answer. It is. A dental cavity. Really? Got a lot of those. It happens. Yeah, it does. Too many sweets as a kid. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to those that got it right. We'll have another yep. question coming up tonight or later this afternoon. Our WNT Wednesday night trivia coming up. All right. <laughs> WNT. Yeah, that's WNT. Now, what happens between, is you like TNT, is it Tuesday night? What about Thursday night? Is that that, that's THN, still T- THNT? No, that's still TNT. F- it's just F- F- no, we it's can't F- have F- thunt. We do F- that on a daily basis. <laughs> so, no, we won't have a thunt. We'll have a Thursday <laughs> no, there'll TNT. Be, it's there'll still be no, TNT. There'll be no thunts. And on this show. Sometimes I want to put an FNT. Yeah. But but an FNT mm. on a Friday night, I wouldn't have the answer until Monday. So therefore, we just do it Sunday night and have an SNT. What about, what about <laughs> an S- FNT? What about SYT? <laughs> anyway. An SYT. <laughs> wow. Not going to go there. Because it's it just show us your thumb. Yeah, that's what it is. Show us your thumb. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, right. I just lost the female audience. Um, <laughs> We've lost females all the time. Yeah, well. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this right. is, we, we have to put a disclaimer before we make this call. Uh, indeed we do. Uh, we're going to be talking with Todd Haywood. Uh, he's an investigative reporter, freelance journalist. Uh, he has an article coming out, I believe, in the Lansing City Pulse today. Uh, that is uh, about uh, a, a murder case that goes Rather back to 2018 in, in, in Eaton County. Uh, it is grisly. So we just want to give you a warning, fair warning right now. We're going to be talking about some uh, some fairly uh, graphic uh, content here. Not too not um, too deep. I, I really don't want so, to. So, still, it's... It, 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 yeah. Good morning, Todd. It's Mike and John at Mike and John Got It Going On podcast. How are you? Well, hi, Mike and John. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Good. We were just kind of giving a, uh, a prelude as to what to expect during this conversation. So we don't want to get too grisly on the story. <laughs> but it's a grisly story. It, it I is. mean, it's, there's no way to, to get around the fact that uh, this story is uh and 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 just so todd uh I, I said you know you're a freelance journalist investigative reporter uh this article you have it's coming out today is it in the lansing city pulse today in the city pulse yeah yep. okay uh so folks can look for it there now this goes back uh well it goes back quite a while but you know the story starts uh in, in 2018 uh, December 9th, a uh, call comes into the Eaton County 911 dispatch. Uh, man's found wandering in the middle of Grand Ledge Highway and um, covered in blood. Uh, yeah. His name is Adam Sadlack. He's he's 29 Actually, years old. That's an error that we corrected in, oh. in the, the final version. It's Joseph Sadlack. Oh, my bad. Is his okay. Name, so. All right. Uh, all right, so Joseph Adam Sadlack. So what what led you to to dig into this story? Yeah, how did you get a hold of this story, and then and and kind of give us the overall themes that came out as you looked into it? So it, right after it happened, uh, I was at the time working uh, it, for the state of Michigan. Began hearing rumors in the gay community that this murder uh, may have been an anti-gay murder, uh, at least that the the victim was gay. And that there, there were there were lots of questions about what led up to this, and so uh, I talked to Burl during one of our news meetings and said, you know, I really want to look into this because all these rumors persist years later, and so we 
started sending out FOIAs, and what we got was, as you've seen, quite eye-opening. Um, you know, it's it's an extreme murder in terms of its violence. Right. We've already talked about that. But there's also five years' worth of police reports that are increasingly violent and extreme, where young men were running from his house covered in blood and beating on the neighbor's windows, screaming for help because they were going to be killed by uh, Clinton Decker, uh, who lived, who was the murder victim. Right, and that's the um, initial murder victim that was, was found there, uh, yeah. Clinton Decker, and uh, as you lay out in, in the story, you know, he was... Uh, uh, half in bed in a pool of blood. The officers had to shoot a, a pit bull three times in order to gain access. Um, and as you put it, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna read this. And I think it kind of says a lot. Is just the murder was the culmination of at least five years of increasingly terrifying claims by young, mostly homeless and mostly drug using men. At least two yeah. fled the home in terror, pounded on windows of nearby residences, pleading for police, and then hid. Uh, law enforcement would find them covered in blood. So, again, very uh, disturbing uh, yeah. details that come out over these five years. And what becomes clear, uh, and people can obviously get the full details reading the article today in the Lansing City Pulse, but what becomes clear is that th- there were warning signs upon warning signs upon warning signs that, that things were not right in this house. Right, absolutely. And, you know, some of the folks that I've spoken to over the last couple of weeks have said that this echoes Jeffrey Dahmer, because, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer had multiple instances where young men fled his apartment and were then handed back over to Jeffrey Dahmer, where they were ultimately then murdered and eaten. Um, Obviously, this doesn't go that extreme in Eaton County, but here we have a systemic exploitation of homeless men who are who were brought into the house uh, under the guise that they were going to be giving housing and instead they were hooked on methamphetamine and uh, this is all a meth driven situation and that's that's also part of the story here I think that is really important for us to look at is that we are seeing increasing methamphetamine use across the state of Michigan and abusive methamphetamine use can lead to psychosis and delusions. And as I point out in the story, when Mr. Sadlack uh, made his confessions to law enforcement, they were clearly full of delusional psychotic thinking. And and how did they? I mean, I guess once this was, you know, once he was arrested and, and interviewed, you know, the the process of trying to get this story out of him uh, was a bit arduous. I well, guess. Well, yeah, especially with the delusional yeah. factor. I mean, that that just had to be a lot for the uh, authorities to deal with. So the detective actually said that you know he, the first time they went in, he asked for a little bit more time. Um, they accused him of uh, playing games because he was laying down. I suspect he was probably exhausted. I mean, again, the violence of the crime itself would have exhausted anybody. Um, but he, he, when he, when the detective came back in, Mr. Sadlack became a chatterbox and talked for two hours straight. Um, which is also, you know, pretty pretty common for meth use. Um, you know, once you get going. You, you don't stop talking. Right, and, and as you pro- pointed to earlier, I mean, I guess the fact that uh, the, 
as the story unfolds, we get this, uh, you know, story that these men were brought in under the guise of housing. They were, would you say, I mean, intentionally hooked on meth? Yes. Yeah, I mean, yes. because I guess it's easy, you know, as a society, we have such uh, uh, stereotypes of, well, if you're homeless, you're already a drug user, you know, and we kind of classify people and, and sh- sort of shove them to the to the margins. Um, and yet in this case, in these stories, I mean, these are people that are just sort of... Maybe they had issues beforehand, but this just added on to right, it. Right, they, 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 right. They're having a, a moment in their life, a crisis in their life, and then this, this individual took advantage of it in perverse and just disturbing ways. Well, you know, I will tell you that folks that I spoke to, including Kevin Herman Starnes, who was actually uh, raped at gunpoint, by Mr. Decker, according to his statements to me, he explicitly said that Mr. Decker and and other drug dealers in this community are deliberately preying on young men who are homeless and getting them hooked on methamphetamine as part of what may be a sex trafficking process. Right. There's a, lo- a lot of uh, threads that go through this story. This so, is, uh, this is some scary stuff. Yeah, it really it, is. It, it's, so, Sadlik himself, uh, I mean, he now his defense team, they, they, they have wanted to plead him out as, as uh, insane. Uh, right. Uh, but the court ruled that he was competent to assist in his own defense, but there's a hearing tomorrow, correct? So, let's, let's uh, suss that out a little bit, because it's a little bit more complicated than that. So okay. They wanted to use... Uh, the defense of not guilty by reason of insanity. Right. Um, ironically, in the state of Michigan, if, even if you're found incompetent to assist in your defense, which is what competency stuff is about, that's not enough for you to, to be considered insane. You literally have to go in front of a judge and, and jury and make the case while the prosecutor is saying, no, 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 you killed this person. So essentially, it's nearly impossible to prove not guilty by reason of insanity. And so a lot of times people who are mentally ill who commit crimes like this go to prison instead of getting the mental health help that they clearly need. So what's happening now is they, because Michigan has settled case law that if you had drugs in your system, regardless of what those drugs were, uh, you can't claim insanity. So, despite the fact that we know that methamphetamine can trigger and cause and exacerbate underlying mental health problems, because Sadlack may have had methamphetamine, that hasn't been confirmed on the record, but that's my presumption, um, they can't use that defense. Uh, However, since he's been in the county jail since uh, uh, probably September of 2020, when he was deemed competent to assist in his defense, he has devolved in terms of his mental health to the point that his defense sincerely believes that he is incapable of assisting in his own defense. So tomorrow morning, they're actually asking a judge to send him back for a competency evaluation to the state psychiatric facility. The prosecutor is going to argue that, you know, we got incompetent by giving him all these drugs, so let's just force feed him all these drugs in the jail. And his trial is preliminary at this point set for August, correct? 
August 1st, yeah. that's correct. Um, and, and so, like I said, a lot of themes run through this story, and you just touched upon a, a big one, and that's about you know mentally ill uh, issues, uh, mental illness issues in uh, in the prison population, uh, in, in, in as it you know relates to incarceration. Uh, you know, just a huge issue that that is, you know, that's an that's an article in and of itself. Right. Uh, right. And, and it's, it's also there's, there's some real historical context to that is too. Re- remember when John Engler got into office, he shuttered all of the state funded state psychiatric units, and so a lot of the mental health concerns and and people with mental health issues who would normally have had access to care we're sort of booted out onto the streets and we have now been dealing with them by criminalizing them and putting them in prisons or county jails and shouldering that medical care through the the incarceration process instead of through a medical process. And that's a whole other layer. Right. That's a whole other layer. But this is an instance where we potentially are seeing some of the effects of that. Uh, Absolutely. You know where that that goes in. So again, uh, the the article uh, uh, "Horrors in the Red Barn House" uh, yeah. is uh, going to be in the Lansing City Pulse today, um, and uh, folks can go online and and check that out. Uh, should be later this morning, you think? Uh, be posted. Uh, so it will be online tomorrow morning. Oh, okay. Um, but it's out on newsstands oh, today uh, throughout the Greater Lansing community. Remember newsstands? Yeah. <laughs> we still print stuff. Dead, dead tree paper. Yes. <laughs> and ink too. Yeah. Probably got a loud yeah. printer. Uh, and you know, you know, here's here's another sort of weird little piece that I, I I like to throw out to just sort of add a little bit of surrealism to to what is already a surreal story. The gentleman who performed the autopsy, the pathologist that did that, is actually the author of a novel about a friendship between a grave digger and a vampire. Oh, wow. Well, well that's an that's, interesting um, <laughs> another <laughs> twist. Hmm. Wow. Do, do you th- actually, that is, do you think that's going to come up in any legal context? I certainly found it interesting enough yeah, that for sure. I made sure it was put in as part of the cut line under his photo <laughs> in the paper because it's just so surreal. It I is. mean, it's, and that fits. I mean, I've been living this story for four months. Right. So, and I have gone down a rabbit hole that I did not yeah. expect to go down. How do you I mean, not? I, yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's the thing. This could be uh, one of those uh, true crime stories, or you know, as, as far as being in a series, or you know, uh, a the, book, or something. Uh, yeah, more, those uh, kind of things. It's it's just so, you know, and I, it's like it it could be a Hollywood script, but it's not, and that's the yeah. weird part of this whole thing. Right. I was telling people as I was writing this that if I submitted this news story. As a as a treatment for a movie project, or or even a, a SUV <laughs> SVU, <Right>. you know, <laughs> episode, right? They would, they would say this is absolutely unrealistic. This right. could never happen, right? And yet, um, and, and yet, yet, here we are. You know, and I and I think it's interesting. Like you said, you you've lived this for four months. You know, on a story like this. You know, I, it's, I know how it is. You go into a story, you think you have a picture of what the story is, and as you begin to peel back the layers, you're like, oh. Todd, oh. How, does this, how does this affect you mentally? Yeah. I mean, knowing that this stuff has actually been going on. Look, I'm, a, I'm pretty proud to be uh, well-connected with the LGBTQ community and having been an activist and an elected official as an openly queer person. 
I was one surprised at the depth of the the needle sharing and methamphetamine use that mm. is happening in particularly the white gay community right now. Um, if you go out on the coasts, it's it's now begun to become a big issue in the African American men who have sex with men communities as well. So we'll probably see that crisis come to Michigan in about five years. Wow. So but it, it, that was that was a big thing. But I think probably the hardest part for me on this whole thing was struggling with the issue of, you know, we have a victim who is clearly not a sympathetic human being. Right. Um, and, you know, when I talked to meth users in the community that I knew who knew this guy, they actually would refuse to talk about him. Right. They would simply say he deserved to die. He was evil. Talking about Clinton. Talk about talking about Clinton Decker, yeah. uh, to be specific. Yeah, Clinton yeah. Decker. And the more I dug, the more I found why people felt that way. Right. And the, the off-the-record conversations that I've had with people are just as harrowing and just as frightening. And, uh, you know, I've got some more stuff coming as well. Wow. But I, I, I say all of that to preface it. it preface the, the, the answer to your question about how does this affect me personally. You know, it is pretty rare that gory, heavy-duty stories like this cause nightmares for me. Mm. This one has led to lots of nightmares. It, it reads, Todd, it reads like a nightmare. It, it reads like you yeah. might need some therapy after this whole thing. <laughs> I mean, it is. Zuri. I mean, geez. Well, I, I will tell you, I am blessed to have a dear friend who is a blogger named Mark S. King. He, he runs the blog, My Fabulous Disease. Uh, he's living with HIV and he's in meth recovery. And uh, two weeks before I started really writing this thing, I was sort of organizing all of my paperwork in preparation for an interview with Mr. Herman Starnes. And I was like, I just can't believe all of this is real. It just doesn't make sense. So I called Mark on the phone and, you know, God bless him. He talked me off the edge and said, no, you got this. You're right. This this is absolutely a day in the life of wow. meth addiction. That is amazing. And those who have lived it are going to read this and say, oh, yeah, I remember those days. Wow. Well, hopefully it serves as a broader tale for the public uh, to get a glimpse, I guess. With some awareness. You yeah. know, into some of these issues. And uh, as you mentioned, it looks like there's going to be, obviously, with this hearing tomorrow and a potential trial in August, uh, we'll be reading more about this case uh, in the days to come. But the article itself, Horrors in the Red Barn House, out today uh, in the print edition of Lansing City Pulse and then online on Thursday. Todd Haywood, thank you so much for joining us and uh, telling us about this. Hey, thank you so much for helping me spread the word about this because I think it's a multi-layered important uh, set of questions yeah, and concerns. That absolutely. You absolutely. just have to be ready for what you're about to read. Yeah. I think it's, well, it, bottom line, I mean, it's, it's, it's some pretty uh, heavy stuff. Todd, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Yep. I appreciate you. All right. All right. Have thanks, a great Todd. day. Bye-bye. All right. So, wow, okay. Uh, well, where do we go from where, here? Where are huma- <laughs> where do humanity? Where there? Well, it is what it is, it's and I time I, to think, uh, think for your blessings that you have. You know, and yeah, and and so uh, I, you know, I I really highly suggest if, if you don't pick up a copy of the Lansing City Pulse uh, today, Wednesday, uh, look for the article online tomorrow. It's it's uh, it's worth the read. It's disturbing, uh, to say the least. Obviously, we just touched upon a little bit of it, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, and uh, but I, as a point of of making making people aware of these issues and how they pertain. Because Eaton County, you think of Eaton County, and it's a nice pastoral rural setting, and oh, everything's wonderful here. And you're like, well... Great fields. You know, and, and methamphetamine, man. I 
mean, it is. Uh, well, didn't it, that kind of start in the uh, UP? The the meth lab started with uh, guys getting Sudafed and battery acid. And you know, stuff I like mean, that's that. yeah. I, you know, that'd be uh, another deep dive to kind of go into the whole history of that. But uh, it's it's a, it's a real. Uh, just insidious epidemic, I guess, and this kind of you know helps highlight that. All right, we need a palate cleanser. Yes, we do. How about your two cent history lesson to just shift gears and get you into a right. frame of mind? Yes. All right. What, what wacky things happened Today on this is, date? I don't, I don't know. We're going to find out. May eighteenth. Today is International Museum Day. Mm. Do you have a favorite museum? Well, um, yeah, Greenfield Village. You know what? Now uh, that you say that, because I, I was thinking in my mind, like, what one have I been to the most? Yeah, uh, I mean, it was like probably. Time. I mean, Greenfield Village is it's like a living museum, I guess you could right. say. But the Henry Ford—that's yeah. the museum part of it. I've probably been there more often than anywhere else. Because whenever relatives come in from out of town, you're like, well, I guess we go to Greenfield Village. Yeah, I agree. How about the zoo? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I go see Daniel Webster's house and make. Some taffy or something. Need some paint. <laughs> Make some uh, candles. National Cheese Souffle Day. Mm. Cheese Souffle Day. And uh, no dirty clothes day today. Do the laundry. Yeah. Yes. Let's see. You know that little Did tribe? you hear that, kids? Do your laundry. We're talking about the laundry, the, the washing machine making that little chime, but you know it's done. Put me in a dryer. Yeah. Here's the, here's the thing I love about my kids. They come and do their they do their laundry now, which is great. You know, at a certain point, you're like, all right, you can do your own damn laundry. And, uh, you know, but they come in, they're like, oh, there's clothes in the dryer. I got to wash. I got to dry my clothes. They just pull them out and they throw them in a pile somewhere. I'm like, no, no, you hang those up. Well, they're not mine. Really? Hmm. Really? So let me just. Ball yours up into a ball next time I find him in the dryer. Throw him out. Yeah, right now. You need a little therapy after this. 1830, Edwin Budding. Eddie Bud to his friends. Edwin Budding of England patented the lawnmower. How did they cut their lawn before? Sheep. Bring out the goats. That's right. Bring out the goats. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different disturbing story. (laughs) <laughs> and yes. you brought it up. That's even more. You mentioned goats, that not I'm me. inside a little booth with you. Thomas Edison, 1926, on this day, spoke on the radio for the first time. Hmm. He said, coming up this hour. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids, all right. Coming up on the Thomas Edison Radio Hour. Getting to the Eddie top Thomas. of the charts with a bullet as Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> Mary, you know what she had. <laughs> Mary didn't have a goat. She had a little lamb. Leave Mary alone. <laughs> Where did that go? Where did that lamb go? Oh, where did the lamb go? It went to the table. It was good with mint jelly. (laughs) It went everywhere Mary went. Actress Norma Talmadge, in 1927, one year after Tommy Edison was on the air, became the first celebrity to preserve her prints and signature in cement at Grauman's Chinese Theater. Oh, okay. She began it all. I wonder where those are now. I mean... Norma Talmadge. NT. No one and no one knows who Norma Talmadge is. I don't is. know what Norma. What yeah, other than is. that, she was the first she was one. The first one. Uh, I'm an actress. I'll put my hands in cement. You know, here's the thing: was there a ceremony, Maybe. or did they just put a new piece of cement? Like they just laid out. Some, she she just walked by. I was like, ah, I'm the first. How did that get there? Oh, I don't know Norm, how that happened. I'm Norma Talmadge. Yes. You know. According to our researchers, uh, Norma Talmadge was an American actress and film producer in the silent era. Major box office draw. She was very quiet on the film. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Religious officials in 1987 
declared that Michael Jackson、mm. was no longer a member of Jehovah's Witnesses. He would not be coming to your house and knocking、right. on the door. He won't do any door knocking, you're、yeah. out. <laughs> An American photographer in 1990 filed a complaint against Wham. What for, you say? What for, I say? He claimed that they had roughed him up when he tried to take a picture.、Mm. Roughed up by Wham. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's Doesn't、right. that just sound well, wrong? You know. <laughs> George, George Michael. Who, who, who. Pretty fit. Pretty fit guy. I mean, but it's. it's, it's, it's if you say I was roughed up by, by, by Andrew、Wham. Michael and, and Andrew Ridgely,、right. that's different than saying I was roughed up by Wham. <laughs> well, does, that's what I mean. That does sound Did、weird. the headline have that Kapow?、Yeah. Like, roughed up、Wham. by Wham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whammo. That's what they got to get. You got to get Whammo in well, the headline. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like, okay, what kind,、yeah. what kind of sissy、yeah. are you that you were beat up by Wham? You know,、I、if just, it was Anthrax or something. You know, the, the band. There you go, indulging in stereotypes. White zombie. You're, you beat the see, crap indulging in stereotypes. Maybe the guys from Anthrax or from White Zombie, maybe they're just, they're just wonderful,、nice. beautiful guys. Non violent. Nice guys. They're、you、sitting、know? there with their cats. Meanwhile,、around. George Michael's out、night. on the street going, come on, punk. <laughs> Let's go. Andrew Ridgely was the kicker. <laughs> He was the one that would kick you. <laughs> George, no, no, pull it, push it down, Andrew. Kick it. Stop taking my picture. You、picture. think Wham is going to. Wham's not putting up with your crap. <laughs> we're Wham. You think we're bad? Wait till Frankie comes to Hollywood and gets a hold of you. Well, Frankie was going, relax. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> oh, God. All right. That was, <laughs> oh, relax. That's, stop. Just stop. 1998, the U.S. federal government filed a sweeping antitrust case against Microsoft, saying the computer software company had a chokehold on competitors,、yeah. which denied customer choices by controlling 90% of the software market. They what, did not. What is up with that? By the way, my iCloud's getting full. <laughs> That's gotta, what I've been told. You've got to pay 99 cents more a month. You get more. They're going to give you more cloud. And finally, in 2011, John Lennon's handwritten lyrics for the 1967、mm. Beatles song, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, sold at auction for $237,132 wow. in the U.S. Okay. So some think that originally. Originally believed that Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds was about LSD. No, it was about Julian's friend Lucy. Yeah, Lucy. Who drew a picture. This, and there was diamonds in the was, sky. Yeah, it was about、and、Lucy and she was in the sky、true. with diamonds. That's what it was all about. Because LSD's right in there. It doesn't mean anything. Picture yourself on a boat on a river. Yeah. Or a train in a station.、Yeah. Plasticine porters with looking glass eyes. You know those porters.、Yeah. <laughs> you got to watch out for those porters. They're the worst. Hey, the Howell Education Association heard us earlier talking to uh, Caitlin, uh, of course, uh, with uh, Northwest North, Elementary. Thank you, Northwest Elementary.、Uh, and the resource room that she does there, one of the great teachers in the Howell School District. And the Howell Education Association has been highlighting、uh, those teachers. They're building futures together in National Teacher Appreciation Month. They are highlighting and celebrating excellence in local teaching. Teachers being spotlighted this month have been nominated by their HEA. Colleagues as examples of teaching excellence. The Howell Education Association serves its membership through collaboration and advocacy at the district, county, and state levels with the goal of supporting teachers in their professional efforts in local schools and classrooms. The Howell Education Association local teachers working together for student success, and we want to thank them for their support here on Mike and John Got It Going On. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And、uh, hey, we want to point out remember our friend Lucas,、yeah. Lucas Vetter, who was looking to get Lucas's. 
into right. fire departments. The, the, the Lucas chest compression yes. devices. And uh, they're having a golf outing. June 13th, Heartland Glen. Fun-filled day while supporting local firefighters who want to get these things into the hands of fire departments here in, in Livingston County and around. Lucas has done so much great work. Well, he made sure that every fire department in Livingston County has a Lucas chest compression device, at least one. It's a hands-free, if you've never yeah. seen it, it's really cool, hands-free CPR device. So and they save you lives. You don't have to do this. I mean, well, it, it, because it on a scene, especially if you first arrive, uh, it, it allows that process to, to be, you know, taken over so that the first responders can detail other, you know, put their attention to other issues. It is a lifesaver. Uh, Lucas, just an amazing kid uh, who, you know, we've talked to through Numerous the years. Times. I mean, he was nine years old when this started, and it, it all started with a tour of the Howell Fire Department, and he saw one of these in, in action and realized that they could use more. And, and so nine years old, what, what were you thinking at nine years old? You know? Who's playing first base for the Tigers is what I was thinking <laughs> right. in, in third and, and fourth and, grade. You know, it was Vern so, Rule. And, uh, it was Norm Cash I'm was sorry. playing first yeah, base. Vern right. Rule was a pitcher. I know, you're right. Come on, man. You're wearing a Tiger shirt. Actually, actually, Jason Thompson was. JT. Probably, well, he was first baseman, right? Yeah. He played first yeah, base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's That was my era. Yeah, I'm a little older than yeah, you. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, stop talking about the Tigers. God. Anyway, so <laughs> Lucas, at nine years old, he he. he does all this, and uh, and now he's expanding his reach to Genesee County and in Oakland County as well. So this golf outing coming up on June 13th at Heartland Glen, uh, going to be a great day, a lot of fun. Of course, golf outing, lots of prizes, things you can do. Uh, raising money to continue this uh, to get effort. Lucas's yeah. into more fire right. departments. So if you want to be a part of it, want to golf, 125 bucks. If you're a first responder, you get a discount, 100 dollars. For more details. And go to uh, the Mike and John Got It Going On podcast page. Right. You just go there. We'll, uh, we'll have details for you as well. And you can also uh, just uh, Facebook. You'll find uh, information on Facebook as well. Just facebook.com slash Lucas for Lucas. And uh, you'll find all the uh, registration information you need there. And, again, that's June 13th at the Hartling and uh, uh, Glen Golf Course. Supporting local firefighters. Like, for instance, former firefighter Mike Witt. Who owns Firehouse Doors? He's the Johnny Gage of Livingston County. <laughs> well, he was a paramedic, but yeah. Mike, right? Still, he, Firehouse Doors. Yeah. yeah, of course, Firehouse Doors in Livingston County, serving residents for the past twenty-four years. Uh, by the way, I believe Mike has the emergency um, sound effect on his phone. That would be so, so cool. Yeah, I got to get that. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> uh, of course, family-owned, striving to treat each customer like family, Firehouse Doors does, and veteran-owned Mike, a proud U.S. Air Force veteran and a career firefighter. Uh, he's uh, also making sure that Firehouse Doors is your one-stop shop for residential, commercial, and rolling steel overhead door needs. And for the past 21 years, they've been your authorized distributor for CHI overhead doors in Livingston County, the only one. Firehouse Doors, call them, 810-599-7480, and... Uh, they got a special going on right now. Yeah, they do. We have the cutout version of that special. Yes, we do. The <laughs> we need new this scissors. Pre this pre-printer. That was pre-printer. Were you drunk when you cut this out? <laughs> the scissors were dull. <laughs> it looks like... True story. I went to go cut them with these scissors. Did right, you cut you left hand? Now you got to show them. You cut right. left hand. So you? you can see this. I added this in here. And, and it's a real cut and paste. This is before we had our printer, and yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll just add it to the bottom yeah. of the copy. And it's it's a little, little chopped. It's job. a little jagged. It, it is. I started That's to cut right. these scissors. Mike, I don't know what my kids do with our scissors, but they're all dull as just. It's like two butter knives that have been, yes. you know, put together. You get a great deal. Yeah. You save two hundred seventy-five dollars. Oh yeah, the when deal. you buy a garage door and opener package for right. firehouse doors. 
belt drive battery backup cover uh, opener and no extra cost at right. that. So. And that includes the built-in MyQ camera system. MyQ. That's a $275 savings, and the offer is good through June 15th. Just tell them Mike and John sent you. Take advantage of that. Coming up tomorrow, Rich Pearlberg with the less you know. Actually, no. Yeah. I, had, I, had okay. no I had a note for you. <laughs> you didn't cut it out or paste it or anything? He's on the road. He's on the road. He's on the run. He's on the run. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's more of a jog, a trot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess we're not having that tomorrow. So Rich has got the trots? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I am. The less I know. That's the less. I mean... <laughs> Communication. Ah, it's the benchmark of yes, the show. Is. Well, Excellent. that's all right. We won't have Rich Pearlberg on the no. show tomorrow. But tomorrow we'd like to take Rich's place. Huh. Who do you think? A replacement Rich. Uh, if you think you know less, let us know by The bar email. is pretty low. It is. Okay, the bar email. is pretty low there. I, you know. Mike and John for the win at gmail.com. <laughs> email us with what you know less of. Yes. And Let us, you can you're be the replacement have, rich. You have to demonstrate to us how less you know. Yes. All right. Okay. So all right. again, so, well, all right. Bar. That's, that's fine. He gets a day off. Yeah. Good for him. P- pretty low. Yeah. Maybe he's hanging pretty, out at the pool. Pretty, pretty low. I, I, he might be. He's on. He's on like a vacation. He's on a little vacation. Yeah. Well, he could have came over and swam in your pool or my pool. That's true. Because pool season is here. Yeah. Even if the weather isn't quite cooperating the next few it's days. It's going to be 90 on Thursday or Friday. Stupid weather. So you can hop in the pool. Yeah. You need chemicals, you need advice, you need uh, opening or closing Roman's Pools. Fast and friendly service, pool expertise and quality maintenance. Roman's Pools supplies and services has everything you need. Yeah. Keep your pool safe and clean this summer. Mine's like, my wife said, this is the cleanest I've seen the pool in a long time. And I said, well, I cleaned out all the worms. That's good. I'm well, you know, you open your pool, you know, the, 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 the worm. The worm issues. factor. I should, yeah. I, I wish I had a couple of cottage cheese containers with some soil that I could put the worms in and resell. Well, they're dead. It doesn't matter. They're soaked in know. bleach. <laughs> so, or not bleach, but in chlorine. So <laughs> They're, they're yeah. chemically enhanced no, they're worms. <laughs> no, I, I've learned through the years, by the way, that... Because uh, originally, the first year that I had to deal with the worms, I said, well, I'll just put these over in the garden. It'll be good, you know... <laughs> good food for <laughs> the plant. It'll be good, yeah, fertilizer. And you're like, no, they just stink. They're nasty. <laughs> Stinky worms. Yeah, so now... Worms, it's, it's that worm yeah. smell. Yeah. You got, Dead worms. Well, smell. They're, they're pickled in chlorine, so it's... <laughs> the birds don't want them. No. Nothing wants them. They're just nasty dead worms. How did we get on this topic? I because I... I'm I sure Roman is watching this going, um, business, my pool, thank you, hello? Yeah. Well, you, this yeah. is how you kill the worms. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you put the chemicals in that yeah. Roman's recommends to but make sure true. your pool it's, is... It's part of the pool process. Yeah. And you know what? And that's a th- I guess that's a good point to make, though. It's one of those things, especially if you're a new pool owner, you, you don't really know to expect. Uh, but then you start talking to other pool owners, like, oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, everybody has that story. But, of course, Romans is the place to go and get that kind of information, find out details, uh, you know, how to you know, uh, properly open your pool, take care of it over the summer. Maintenance, uh, too. Exactly. Romanspools.com. Um, they really are the place to go. And they've got locations in Howell and Brighton. The Howell number, 545-4555, or call them in Brighton, 810-588-4460. Romans Pool Supply and Services, your pool's best defense. Romans, kind of an original here in Livingston. Oh, God, yeah. They've been I mean, around a long time. Yeah, they no, they stuff, are the so. recognized leader in pool service and supplies and maintenance. So, so tomorrow, no rich. I forgot to tell you that. That's right. <clears throat> Sorry about that. He's getting older. The memory's starting to go. God, Maybe it, some kinkle bulb. You know what it is? It's the mustache. Was leaving. You shave the mustache and, and lose it, a little it, bit. Somehow, I don't, yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know. As my wife keeps pointing out, though, and she, <laughs> she keeps saying, she's like, 
yes, you you know, with your mustache going up, you can see how thin your upper lip is. I'm like, oh, yes, please. Let's mention that a few more times. So let me ask you, do I have a thin upper lip? Which their hair it, used to cover it. It, it looks average to me. But That's I, what I thought too. I'm, I'm like, not a lip. I think it's <laughs> a judge of the lips. You're not a kind lip of judge. <laughs> here, lip here, judge. Mike. <laughs> no. Here, no, no. Wait a minute. Has has the has the has the, the mustache free experience yeah. been different for kissing? Well, let me tell yeah. you. Because according to. The ladies of the Mike and John <laughs> like you're podcast. looking for a research. According to something over here. <laughs> the uh, lip committee of Livingston yes. County. No, I mean, a lot of the comments. Nobody said grow it back. There Wait, was a lot of, Other there, than my daughter. <clears throat> other than your yeah. daughter. Uh, but the comments after you posted the, the picture. And, right. And those that saw the video, which I only made it through about the first 30 seconds because it stopped on my computer. Um, of me getting the Of the Facebook shape? Live yeah. thing, yeah. But, um, you need a better computer. I do. You should call Dan's PC solutions. I should. Anyway. <laughs> and I'll drive over my car after I have it looked at at Murphy's Family Auto. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give them a call today. 552-3040. Maybe hey, take it over on Saturdays. You should. They're open eight to one, They're now open on, on Saturdays. Saturdays. And if you tell them that, hey... Me and John said. sent me. <laughs> I'll just tell them, mustache-free John sent me. They'll yeah. give me that 5% discount on my bill. You as well, murphysfamilyauto.com. But oh, no, smooth. I mean, it's the, the response has been overwhelmingly positive it, it has to the uh, mustache going. I like no it. Way. I'm liking it. I think you're going to stay mustache-free for the rest it, of your life. You think for the rest of my life? Yes. No. I think so. I don't for think now. you're going to grow it back. I don't know. A lot of maintenance going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. A whole lot of maintenance yeah. going on. There. Well, yeah. So, yeah, good news. Well, <laughs> except for except for the mustache brush company, that well, the, the mustache comb, my little, you know, comb, 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 comb. <laughs> did you ever comb the stash? Yeah, yeah. It didn't do anything. My did it feel good though? Sit there. What's Dad doing? Oh, he's combing his stash. <laughs> Don't bother your father now. Don't bother. He he's can't come out and play. He's, he's brushing the stash. combing his mustache. So, did you ever have a little leftover toothpaste in the stash, and you give it a little? Lip lick? No, but you know, when I shave now, here's the thing. I've no, Okay, so when I put the shaving cream on, I didn't have to go up here before, yeah. so it just Now be you're here. using more shaving Now cream. I, and I'm like, Good at news first, for Edge. I'm trying to, <laughs> oh yeah, the stock is way up. <laughs> a little stock tip for you. Sure. Uh, but, so I, at first I was trying to like, just put it above here, and I'm like, oh, this is a pain in the ass. So now I just kind of. Just slap it right across the I, lips. And then I just. Good thing you got thin lips. Now let me ask you, is that. Because uh, I'm new to the upper lip shaving. Is that how you put the shaving cream on? I go from the sides and I'm right okay. across. And under. But you I, cover I, up I, your I, lips I, and do you... But no, then do I you, don't cover the lips. I've never oh, hit the lips. You, the, so you do take the time to kind of just oh, go yeah, above and... I'm okay. smooth about it. See, I'm just... I'm, I'm lazy and <laughs> I'm in a hurry. I'm just, <laughs> like, that, but then I did like a little lip wiper. They should put wiper. flavoring in it. I'm like... Mm? And then I take it out and... I see. They should put a little <laughs> flavor in for you. Maybe tomorrow I'll shave sure. on the show. <laughs> then we can talk about want, my technique. Yeah, we'll, we'll grade you. Straight edge. Well, something to look forward to tomorrow. During the less you know segment. <laughs> we need a replacement for it. Well, That's in, what you get. As in, boy, did I wish I knew less about this. Can we wrap this up, yeah, man? I'm getting I, tired. I'm hoping so, God. I'm oh, winded. All right. That's <sighs> it for today. It's quite a show. We really covered you know quite a lot of ground I today. Think, I don't think I'm up for a post-show today. You know what? I'm going to take. Right. I'm going to pull a Pearlberg on this one. All right. No post show. No post show. Hmm. 
Not post-show, we don't. Nope. We had it going, man. You've been giggling with Mike and John. Tune in next time and giggle on. Oh, yeah. All right, that's it. No post-show. Yeah. But wait.